Hey, this is Pastor Madison. I am so excited that you're tuning in today to the Crosspoint Podcast. My prayer is that this word inspires you, uplifts you, and enlightens you. You can connect with Movement Youth on Instagram at movement underscore youth or the Point College Ministry at the Point College. Let's jump to the message. So we played the blurted out game, right? Has anybody ever had somebody in class that it kind of annoying maybe student who blurts out everything yes you're like yes you're in class and the teacher asks a question and they're like 72 the answer is 72 and it's like seriously and the teacher's just like just waiting for somebody to raise their hand politely you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah or you go into history class and then the teacher asks a question and they're like george washington from the very you know you know what i'm saying Okay, all right. Well, I have a couple stories to share with you from a couple times where people blurted stuff out. Listen up. So one time, one time, I was in kindergarten, and a long time ago, and did you guys have nap time in kindergarten? Yeah. yeah. Anybody miss nap time? Yeah, me too. Anyways, so there, we had nap time in kindergarten. Listen up. And at nap time, they said that if you were napping, you could, at the end of nap time, you could stay napping, but if you weren't napping, if you weren't sleeping, you had to get up. Well, your girl did not want to get up, so your girl pretended to sleep, and this boy in my class, his name, we called him Gib, and Gib came up, and you know what he did to me? He kicked me. He kicked me, and he said, Madison's not really sleeping. He just blurted it out. I was so embarrassed. I was so mad at Gib. Okay, he, he was a blurted out kind of kid. Fast forward to fourth grade, and our teacher is, we had like story time where she's reading us a book, and it was a mystery book, and there was a character in this mystery book who committed a crime, and it was so suspenseful, and everybody was so on edge trying to figure out who this, who this person was that committed the crime, and did you guys have reading tests? Do you guys have reading tests? Like, yes. So I wanted to get ahead of the curve and take my reading test to get my points before we finished the book. And so I found out by taking the test who committed the crime because I took a wild guess and I got it right. So I knew who committed the crime. And so then I decided to blurt it out to everybody, not everybody, just a couple of people in my circle. I, I didn't blurt it out loud. I just kind of, you know, hey, this is the person who committed the crime, whatever. Well, word got around to Gib, of course Gib. And so we go, we go and we're sitting at reading time and... The teacher, this is like this most suspenseful part of the book. And my fourth grade teacher goes, uh, does anybody have any guesses on who committed the crime? And Gib goes, Madison told everybody. I was like, seriously? Our teacher got so mad, she made all of us go back to our desks and put our heads down. All because Gib had to be a blurt. Nobody likes a blurt. Nobody. But today, tonight, I want to talk to you guys about a blurt, okay? A blurt in the Bible. His name was Peter, all right? And Peter was a very ordinary guy. An ordinary guy who a lot of times said a lot of dumb things, okay? He's an ordinary guy. We've talked about him before. He was an ordinary fisherman, and he screwed up a lot, but God still used him. God still called him, which is awesome. One thing you do need to know about Peter, when I, when I asked you guys, you know, to play that game, I said, I need people who are bold, like who will come up here. One thing you need to know about Peter is that he was bold, okay? He did not care. 
And sometimes he would do things without really thinking through them. And it wasn't until after he did them or said something that he was like, oh, wait, that was really stupid. Okay, this is, this is his mind. Prime example, in Matthew 14, Jesus tells the disciples to go on, go on ahead in this boat so he can stay back and pray. So Jesus stay, stays back and he's praying. And, you know, Jesus is doing Jesus things. He starts walking out in the water. It's <laughs> no big deal. You know, he's just on the water and walking. And, and all the disciples are in the boat and they see this dude coming at him on the water. And they're like, bro, like there's a ghost. There's an evil spirit. This is so scary. And they're freaking out. And then Peter, good old Peter, he's like, oh, that's Jesus? Because one of the disciples realized, and he's like, hey, yo, Jesus, uh, can I walk? Can I walk on the water? You know, he's just not really thinking. He's just going for it. So he starts walking on this water. And like I said, he likes to speak first and then think second. Okay, so then he starts walking on this water. And then all of a sudden it hits him like, what did I just say? What did I just do? And then he starts sinking. And he's like, Master, help me. I'm drowning. Whatever. He, he, he cries out because he wants saved. Because all of a sudden it then registers that, oh, man, I'm actually walking on water. This is just Peter, Okay. And I bet all the disciples that were back in the boat were like, what's wrong with you, boy? What are you thinking, you know? But Jesus doesn't hesitate. He, he you know, grabs, grabs his hand, pulls him up. It's, it's fine. But Peter, he just keeps doing this, okay? He just keeps blurting out stuff and then realizing he probably shouldn't blurt the stuff out that he just said. In the next chapter, in Matthew 15, Jesus is teaching. Okay, Jesus is literally teaching. And Peter has the audacity to be like, uh, Jesus, I, uh, I don't get it. Like, could you put it in plain language? Because I just don't get it. Like, could you imagine being in front of Jesus, the best teacher of all time, and literally telling him, like, I just, I just don't understand. Like, okay, Peter, <laughs> you do you, boy. Um, but anyways, jump forward to Matthew 26, and Jesus is telling his disciples before this night is over, he says, you're going to fall to pieces because of what happens to me. And then Peter's like, you mean, you mean me too? Oh, oh, no. Oh, Jesus, I'm your boy. Like, I, all these guys, all y'all can mess up, but I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to fall away. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Well, <laughs> Jesus looks at him and he's like, bro, today you're going to deny me three times. So sit your butt down. That's what he says. So here's Jesus, knowing that he's going to go to the cross and he's going to die, and that this friend, Peter, is going to deny him three times, because he just told Peter that. But he still brings Peter with him to a garden so that he can pray. He wants to pray before all this is going to take place. And he takes Peter, the guy who he knows is going to deny him, and he takes him along. And Jesus is strolling back from his prayer, and what do you think Peter's doing? He's sleeping. Three times Jesus goes off to pray, and he comes back, and Peter is sleeping. Like, Peter, what is going through your head? And then this is what Jesus tells him. This is like Ouchtown population Peter, okay? This is what it says. There is a part of you, this is what Jesus told him, there is a part of you that is eager, ready for anything in God. But there's another part that's as lazy as an old dog, sleeping by the fire. How many of y'all want Jesus to tell you that? No, you don't. But Peter, of course, hears this, 
And then, as if that's not enough, people start coming to crucify Jesus, to take him away, to go be crucified. And Peter just does the first thing that pops in his head. He takes out his samurai sword and he watcha, just chops off a dude's ear. Just chops it off. That's gonna one of the guys that's gonna come and you know take Jesus away. So can you imagine? Peter just chops this guy's ear off. It's like, Peter, what are you doing? Like, why the ear? I just whatever. And so Jesus is like, ugh, he's looking on the ground trying to find the ear. He's like, puts it back on the guy's head. It's like, come on, Peter, figure this out. So after all these instances, you gotta wonder when. A few chapters back when they're all with Jesus and they're sitting there. You got to wonder. <laughs> when Jesus says, who do you guys say that I am? After Peter is in all this dumb stuff. And Peter goes, you're the Christ, the Messiah, the son of the living God. They're probably like, wait, yo, Peter just said something smart. Like he didn't screw up. He didn't mess up. Like you had to have known that they would have probably thought that after all the stuff that he did. But listen to this. He's the first person who said that that Jesus was the Christ, the Messiah. And that night, that same night, Jesus told Peter that he was a rock. And he said, this is the rock, meaning this is Peter. You are the rock on which I will build my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to prevail against it. And then, and this is after Peter blurted out just some stupid things, to put it bluntly, Okay. But if you're like me, you're probably wondering, how could Jesus use Peter? Like, why did Jesus pick Peter? Because Peter messed up a lot. Like, why didn't Jesus just go out and, and pick a successful businessman or a king or something like that? Why did he pick out an ordinary fisherman who just didn't know how to keep his mouth shut sometimes? Listen here, because this is why. It's because Jesus knew that Peter had faith. And he wasn't perfect, but he had faith in Jesus. Behind all the mess-ups and the blurt-outs and the dumb decisions was a faithful heart that Peter had. And that's what God looks for, and that's what he looks for in you. And after Peter denied Jesus three times, and Jesus was raised from the dead and he came back, Jesus made an appearance and he went out and and the disciples went back out to what they always did. They went fishing. This is after Jesus is gone, okay? He ascended into heaven. So they're out doing what they always did. And they see this guy up on shore again, and they didn't know that it was Jesus at first. But as soon as one of the disciples saw that it was Jesus, Peter was the first one, not thinking twice, per usual, he was the first one, the only one, to jump out of that boat and swim as fast as he could to shore because he wanted to be with Jesus. Like, that's, that's pretty cool. And then Jesus, he made breakfast for him. Pretty sweet, right? The resurrected Christ making, making eggs and fish and all that cool stuff. That'd be pretty sweet. But instead of asking Peter, listen to this, Jesus, instead of asking Peter why he did what he did, why he denied him, why he lied, he just asked Peter if he loved him. He asked him three times, do you love me? And after Peter said yes, every time Jesus told him, then go feed my sheep. So some of you are like, okay, great story, great character, whatever. Why, why are you telling me this? I'm telling you this because even when you blurt out things you don't mean, things you shouldn't say, even when you blurt out 
various lies or rumors or whatever it is, Jesus still blesses. Even when you blurt out mean things about yourself, self-sabotaging words or hurtful things to other people, when you blurt out lies or judgments or gossip or slander, he still wants to bless you. He still wants to be your friend. It doesn't matter what you've blurted out in your mind. Maybe that you're not good enough or that you'll never compare to the people around you. God's not asking you why you did it, why you thought it, why you said it. He's just asking if you love him enough to stop it. God doesn't want you to be like so-and-so. He doesn't want you to be like that person. He didn't want Peter to be anybody else. He chose Peter to be the rock that he built his church upon, even after all the times he blurted stuff out or he messed stuff up. God sees that exact same potential in you, an ordinary person. Why? Because God does not call the equipped, okay? He equips the called. And he's calling you. And he's calling me to do what? To love him, to love people, to go be fishers of men. That is the point. That's what I want you guys to get. It's not about being the most popular person. It's not about impressing all these people or, or trying to win over people that hurt you time and time again. It's about giving Jesus enough space in your heart to overcome all the screw-ups that you've had in your life. It's about loving him enough to let him take over the reins of your life. Some of you don't like who you are. Some of you don't even know who you are. Some of you are so stuck into living how other people want you to live than who God has made you to truly be. And if you feel like that, you are not alone. Look at Peter. But more than that, know, please know, that God can use you to do mighty things despite all that mess. So be the rock, guys. Let him build the church upon you. Love him enough to let him in here, into your heart. Peter, guys, I don't know if you know, Peter went on to become one of the primary leaders of the earthly church. Of the earthly church. God doesn't need you to have the biggest personality or the best looks. God needs you to have faith, to love him, to love the people around you. Here's the thing, here's the thing. When you love someone here on earth, you want to do something about it, right? You want to go get married. You want to have a big wedding. You want the world to know that they are your partner. It is the same way with Jesus. We should love him so much that we want to do something about it, that we go out and we tell people about the love that we have for him, about the love that he has for us. That's how it should be. So will you do it? Will you let God in? so that he can wipe away all those blurred outs and all those mistakes? Or will you let the weight of your past, of all your heartache, leave you sitting in a fishing boat, doing what you've always done? Because that could have been Peter's story. But instead, he jumped out of that boat, and he swam as fast as he could towards Jesus. And then he led the church, guys. And now we are here. Peter had a huge role in that because an ordinary person was used by God to do extraordinary things and God wants the same for you and Savannah Fisher came up to me and she wanted to share
her testimony. And so her and the worship team are going to come on up. But I just think it's so cool when you guys want to be bold like that, where you want to go out and you want to be fishers of men and you want to tell other people about Jesus and you want to share that love. So would you welcome Savannah up here as she makes her way to the stage? So my name is Savannah Fisher. When I was 10 years old, my family and I got baptized. And I was like, oh yeah, this would be something super cool to do. I've always wanted to do this. And back then I did not know the true meaning of it. So I was just diving into it as something that I had no idea what it was going to do to me. And I was just not living my life right, even after I was baptized. Then not that long ago, I lost one of my best friends from doing the right thing. I was super scared to do the right thing kind of made me depressed. mistakes or negativity or gossip or whatever it is that 
has been weighing you down. Tonight, you have the opportunity and the ability to change that, to leave that all behind. So I'd like everybody to close their eyes, to bow their heads. And then on the count of three, if you wanna commit your life to Jesus tonight for the first time, or you wanna recommit your life to him and you wanna leave all that negativity and the hurt and the mistakes in your past, on the count of three, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. One, two, three, raise your hands tonight if you wanna commit your life to Jesus. That's awesome, put your hands down. I want you guys to repeat this prayer after me. God, I'm ordinary. I blurt things out. I screw up. I'm sorry. Come make a change in my life. Come invade my life. Use me, an ordinary person, to do extraordinary things. All for you, God. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God praise. If you enjoyed today's message, I would encourage you to like it or share it on social media. Movement Youth for 6th through 12th graders meets on Wednesday nights with service beginning at 7 p.m. And the Point College Ministry meets on Sunday nights at 7 p.m. We would love to have you join us. Thanks for tuning in.